0: It's episode 120 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Sally Hodgkiss.
1: I probably shouldn't say hooray about myself. Yeah, you totally should. You totally should just say hooray. Hooray! Hooray,
0: hooray for Stuart. Hooray for Sally. Hooray
1: for everybody. Hooray! Hooray, hooray. for all the
0: listeners. <laughs> and hooray for the nursery for giving us yes. the room to record. Thank hooray. you very much, for the nursery. Thank you, everybody. Uh, welcome. Thank you. You're very busy, aren't you?
1: Yes, I'm very tired.
0: Too. <laughs> That's very much uh, what we're hoping for. Yeah, yeah. A yeah.
1: nice, exhausted interview <laughs> with a worn-out woman.
0: <laughs> uh, so one of the things you do is you teach for Hoopla. I do. And that's what you're going to be doing tonight, a little bit later that on. That is exactly
1: what I'm doing, yeah. We are on week six, I think, of my beginners course, who are great and they are delightful. But they're always delightful. Yes. Um, and what I love about it, I mean, aside from the teaching element, is just like what an interesting variety of people that you meet. Yeah like they all come from such different walks of life and it fascinates me why people choose to do it. Hmm. Because, I mean, I get some people who are actors and want to get better at improv um, because weirdly actors seem to find improv really hard. Um, But then, like, there's a guy who's an anesthetist who's in my class and then there's another guy who's a filmmaker and then there's a guy who's kind of got a really important corporate job. And I love it because they all kind of just chuck themselves in and, yeah, it's just wonderful. I love it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's always been my experience whenever I've attended a hoopla beginner's class. Is that particularly a hoopla thing?
1: I think so. I mean, what we're very keen to do is create a very supportive environment. Um, you you are safe to try stuff, you are safe to fail, you are safe to have fun and kind of find new exciting things in your life. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think so. I think that's very important to us. Um, and I mean, while I'm saying, yes, we want to create this very supportive environment, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to learn anything. We're not going to just kind of sit and smile and wave at you and go, you're great. <laughs> I mean, largely that is a big part of it because actually genuinely everybody's brilliant. And, that you know, particularly if you're starting out, what a terrifying thing yeah. to do improv in front of a room of people that you don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, like we do all the skills-based stuff and, and actually, interestingly, I find increasingly people want notes and ask a lot of questions, um, which I like, I absolutely love it. And then we'll go to the pub and they'll kind of really break down some exercises that we've done. So I think by creating a very supportive environment, actually, I think it gives people the freedom to ask those questions.
0: Ah, that's interesting. So what is your favourite exercise or game to teach?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I really love doing kind of acting-based stuff, really. I mean, obviously, there's the classic warm-up games like Mind Mode, um, and what is it? Chris taught me one called... Is it Columbian (laughs) Mindfuck? Which does make your brain explode. Um, So I I like kind of the quite techy ones to warm up with.
0: So um, I uh, feel we should explain. That's the one... My understanding is... One person has a physical action, yeah. the other person has a um, accounting. is it counting? Yeah, or,
1: or a verbal, a verbal. so it, you're doing a story. Um.
0: And so the first person, yes, so it does an action and the, fir- the other person A does the action, mm-hmm. person B does the verbal thing and then you copy the last thing that your partner did?
1: It's basically a beat behind. So if you started a physical action, I would just watch your first one Mm. and then mirror it a beat behind you. Mm. And then you do the same thing with the verbal and then you overlap it and everybody's brains explode. Yes. And we all collapse and die. So I like that exercise very much. Um, But I'm really into... Because I'm a, a an actor and a trade actor, that is dead important to me. Um, so I try and put a lot of that into the work that I do. And in fact, me and Jonah are starting a specialist course in, oh, like three weeks. November 15th, I think it starts. Um, ah, right. Yes. I'm so bad with dates. I feel like that is
0: not true. But I think that's true. <laughs> well, um, people should consult the internet. Yes, correct. Uh, Jonah Fazell. Uh, yeah. And what's the course called?
1: Uh, it's Stagecraft course. Uh, cool. Yeah, so we're going to get to do all of that stuff so we'll be looking at using the stage in a, in sort of more creative ways and I don't know if you've ever um, done any Victorian staging yeah, um, know, which is that? it's the idea that um, it's a, a basically you divide the stage into a grid and there's different positions that are more powerful to stand oh on the stage. yes I have heard yeah. that I haven't heard
0: it called that yes, yeah yes.
1: Um, I think Ken Campbell probably did Quite a lot of it because the guys who train with him all know and love it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that sort of stuff, but, but not just that. Like yeah. a lot of different stagecraft things and how to how to use your voice properly. Mm. Um, because actually, that is one thing that people don't really get taught. And then of course you hit the stage and you get the sore throat or it's hard to hear you just because people don't people don't know how to do it. Mm. Uh, it's dead easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we're gonna do all that sort of stuff, a bit more delving into character, and then just kind of. Some delightful acting exercises to try and find sort of the truth in in the moments that you create on stage. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I'm really fascinated with that acting, uh, bringing that sort of theatricality, bringing those sort of acting skills mm. into improv, because there's so much stuff you can do on the stage. And if you don't adopt those techniques, it tends to be, you know, one person walks on from one side, the other person walks on the other side, they say some stuff and then they leave the stage, which yeah. is fine. Yeah. It's not fine. Um, (laughs) It's not fine. Don't don't fool yourselves that it's fine. Uh, But, you know, there's just so much more you can do. Oh, for sure. Um,
1: Yeah, for sure. And I I mean, but it's interesting because there is so much you can do and you can create incredible stage pictures and do really bold things with music and physicality. But then equally, there's something incredibly beautiful about watching two people really just listen to each other and exist in a world... um, and that, that's kind of my favourite thing. Yeah. That's my favourite thing. <laughs> but well, all of those things together are my absolute favourite <laughs> thing. And then I can die happy. But yeah, just those, those moments of real true intimacy. Yes. Which are hard to come by because like, it obviously improv is a fleeting thing, isn't it? Mm. And you maybe have a 10-minute set and you've got things that you want to achieve in the 10-minute set. Yeah. So you don't maybe feel like you have the space to find those moments. But actually you do. You can do it in two, two minutes. You can do it in one minute. Hmm. There's always... Give yourself more space, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, you're involved in something called The Actor's Nightmare. Mm. What's The Actor's Nightmare?
1: Yes, I love The Actor's Nightmare. So, The Actor's Nightmare is a show, um, where we improvise a play. Um, and it was one of those things where I was absolutely in the right place, at the right time. Because, um, what the hell was I doing? I was doing a gig at the Miller. Oh, I forget what I was doing too. That makes me feel awful. But I was with Jennifer Jordan, um, and the Actors' Nightmare were on at the same night, and they kind of had a, a company of performers. I don't, I don't think very many at that stage, um, but at that evening it was Steve Steen and Lee Simpson, and they were waiting for Stephen Frost, who then said he couldn't make it. So Steve Steen said to me and Jennifer, "Would we, would we guest in the show with them?" So we did, and we did this improvised play. Um, and it was amazing and I absolutely loved it I mean it was my kind of my heart song because it. it was all the stuff that we've just been talking yeah, about this yeah, yeah. kind of very grounded real realness um, and it was great and then they asked both me and Jennifer to join the company oh, wow. um, so now we are in the cast proper and it's just do you know it's delightful I mean it's weird in one sense because we never rehearse I mean we literally never we don't even do a warm-up. We have a beer. Yeah. Uh, that's our warm-up. But actually, I mean, in itself, that's quite a useful exercise, isn't yeah. it? I,
0: I, I think I'm a big fan of having just having a chat mm. with the people yeah. you're going to be performing with. That's all I need for a yeah. show, usually. Yeah. I mean, for a, a rehearsal or a workshop, um, when you need to bond the group, then, yeah, more warm-ups mm. are great. But if you're already reasonably...
1: Yeah, you'd people. kind of want to be on the same page, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Um So we always have a beer before the show, um, and hang out for a bit, and then we do the show. And it's I just I just love it because I get to work with people who I don't get to very often otherwise. Um, so the companies obviously Steeting, Lee Simpson and um, Frosty um, Ruth Bratt is in a lot of them, which is in or most all of them with us. Sue Harrison does it quite a lot. So it's like absolutely phenomenal performers um, who I just feel very safe on stage with and safe to try new stuff Mm. because what we're very keen on is not necessarily making it funny. Um, And I I mean, I would say most of the ones that we've done have certainly been humorous to some extent, um, but we really want to get to the heart of the narrative and the heart of the characters and create moments that you, you would see in a theatre, I would hope, um, and relationships that maybe you recognise. We did one, God, about I mean, a couple of months ago, um, and it maybe was my favourite one because we came, came off stage and people in the audience were crying. Wow. And that, del- that delighted me because yeah. I want to see people suffer. <laughs> but, it did, but it did like, it was such an incredible thing to do a comedy night and, but actually have a show that makes people feel something different mm, than, than, than laughing.
0: Yes. It's great. I love it. I love it. I love those guys. I love that show. Cool. So, what so what sort of format is it? Are you getting a suggestion at the beginning, or is there is there a format? No, there's no, no format. There's, I
1: mean, there is absolutely no format. Um, what happens is Steve Steen comes on with us, and then he does this very charming kind of little introduction where he kind of says, "Oh, it might go wrong." Um, <laughs> um, introduces us, and then we just start. We don't get a word. We just go. Oh wow. Yeah which I kind of like, I don't think I've ever done a show where you don't get anything. Yeah. Um, so what quite often happens is there's quite a bit of space at the top of the first scene because two people will, or sometimes one, will arrive on stage um, and just read the behaviour of the other person. Um, Which is interesting, because a lot of the other shows I do, you kind of come on and immediately start doing space work. Yes. Um, And I mean, still that exists in this, but much less so. It's certainly more about just visually connecting with the person on stage with you, reading their energy, what what am I getting from you, and then going from there, which is really cool.
0: I love that. I love trying to, yeah, to make eye contact with somebody and think, what... What would you want? Mm. What scene would you like to do? Yeah. Um, and, you know, just the aim of delighting them. And you don't, even, even if you don't know them at all, it's still a really interesting exercise to see if you can just, you know, see that in their eyes. Yeah,
1: yeah for sure. And I mean, the company is such skilled performers and some of them have been doing it longer than I've been alive. Which <laughs> they won't like it if they listen to <laughs> this, but it's true. <laughs> um so I feel like I trust them completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I in return feel very trusted. I don't. I've never made a move in an Actors' Nightmare show where I think they're they're not going to jump on board. Mm. They, they will go with whatever I give them, and, and vice versa.
0: Is it a case of having permission to go slower?
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. It's that thing about taking your time and giving yourself space. Um, and we're also not afraid of silence yeah. either, yeah. which is really nice.
0: Yeah, no, I love deliberate silence—not mm. silence because somebody doesn't know what to say, but silence is a deliberate choice. Yeah, it's really powerful.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know, it took me a long time to be quiet,
0: because
1: <laughs> 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 when I started improvising, it was with the in in London, it was with the Science of Living Things. That was my first long form, um, and. I was like paralyzed with fear because I was with these guys who I thought was so funny and I was really intimidated by them. So my reaction to that was to just be super noisy and super weird all the time, which I am in real life, I think, but, <laughs> uh, but just like a dirge of nonsense. Whereas now I enjoy this in a very different way. Yeah. I, I love just taking time and finding things.
0: Yes, yes, no, I, I definitely agree. Uh, so how did you how did you get into improv and how did that lead you to the science of living things?
1: Um, well, I started doing a little bit of improv when I was at university in Durham. God, this is year How old am I?
0: This was... <laughs> 21, 22.
1: Thank you, you liar. <laughs> I'm not even going to say charmer because nobody would believe me. Um, Mid-20s. <laughs> uh, no, this was about 12... 12 or 13 years ago. So my beginning with improv was kind of weird because I did it a little bit at uni and then I went and did comedy sports in Manchester and got into the team there. Um, But I was kind of with... I trained with them and then um, was maybe on the team for six months and then moved to London. Um, So that was sort of that. But it was a really weird time in my life because when I was at uni... Well, prior to uni, but particularly when I was at uni, I had really bad mental health problems and I was really poorly, I had a breakdown when I was 20. So I, like, I remember doing it, but I don't remember doing it. It was a really odd, because I was on quite high medication oh, right. for years after. I don't know, do you mind me talking about this? I, I'm happy Fine. to, oh, no, I don't care. as long as you're happy, yeah, right yeah. yeah, Yeah, um, yeah, because I was just so poorly. So I see, there's pictures of me being there, but I don't really remember a lot of it, which is, that's quite an odd thing. Yeah. Um, but I remember them all being lovely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's good. That's um, good. Yeah, and, you know, comedy sports are great. They um, I mean, they've expanded what they do now. But at the time, it was um, really good short-form training. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was just a really, really weird time in my life. I was, I was super depressed. <laughs> for real. So then, anyway, so moving on from my depressive period in my early twenties, I then moved to London to go to drama school. And then I didn't do any improv for... Like, I don't know, a long time, four, four years, maybe? Um, and then Mark Rawl sent me a message, and he said, because I knew Mark Rawl from Manchester, he um, sent me a message saying, there's an audition for this team, why don't you come? And I was thinking, I, I mean, I am not at all good enough to audition for a team. I don't know what I'm doing. But I blagged it, got this audition um, with Mark, and we both got onto the team, and then that team became the Science of Living oh, Things. Right. So that was five years ago. Um, And that was, that was, I'd never really done any long form prior to that. That was sort of the beginning of me understanding. There was so much, like short form is a wonderful thing. Mm. And I still love doing short form, but I sort of thought that was it. Mm. And then suddenly I discovered hoopla and then the nursery and all this, like an incredible community in London. And that, I I say this and I I truly mean it, that was the beginning of the rest of my life. You changed my life completely for the better. Markedly.
0: Yeah. So, uh, what sort of things did the Science of Living Things do?
1: Um, well, we were just a bunch of super nerds nerding out. <laughs> 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 like, truthfully. She said this um, to
0: the person that's got a podcast about improv. So, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. we it. get on. <laughs> <it>. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, well, it was Chris's idea, Chris Mead's idea, because uh, he wanted to coach a team. So I think he spoke to Steve and they, they set that up. Um, but yeah, I mean, ba- that was sort of my base. That was my training. I'd never done any long form training at all. So we just did lots of exercises, which I now still use when I'm teaching. Um, and we kind of threw ourselves in really and started doing gigs very early, which paralyzed me with fear. Mm. Um, because like, as I say, I, I really felt intimidated by that, the rest of that group. Mm. Because they are all super smart, super funny people. Um, and I felt like I was neither of those things. Um, I was just present. I was kind of the, 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 the mum, the nice mum of the
0: kids. <laughs> so I wasn't On really the stage sure. or
1: off stage? Oh, no, off stage. stage. On stage, I was a blundering mess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was interesting because like, I, I wasn't prepared to drop it because I suddenly felt part of something that excited me. Um, And I just kind of kept going. And we were doing gigs and I felt miserable to begin with because I just thought, I'm not not contributing. I'm not as good as the rest of them. And then I kind of hit rock bottom. And then suddenly I stopped being afraid anymore because I thought I've got nothing to lose now. And then I started to play and enjoy it and think, oh, actually, this is really fun. Oh, Oh, it's fine. It's fine. These people do like me. I like them. They respect me. I respect them. This is a fun thing to play with. Oh, hooray. And then from there, I mean, obviously, like, there are still moments. I would hope for all of us who do this, where you have moments where you go, shit, I've lost it. But you just keep going because you will always get it back again. Always.
0: Yeah, to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm just quite a psychologically tense
0: person. <laughs> that is the problem. Right? Really. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm full on. Um, but yeah. you, you you played the mum role off stage. You said <laughs> yeah, I things? play the
1: mum role in in every capacity. That's what I enjoy. I like to bake for people and make sure that they're sleeping and and just check on their diary, and make sure that they're getting enough rest. And yeah, know I love that. Um, but I also love persecuting the boys in the Science of the Living Things. Um, one of my favourite things that I used to do, because the boys at uh, that time were um, Mark Rawl, Tony and Liam. And I don't know why I'm, I'm not going to give the other two surnames. It's just Dr. Mark Rawl and the boys. Um, <laughs> but they all wear glasses and I obviously don't wear glasses. So I would steal their glasses in shows. I would always pretend to be a flock of crows and steal... Oh, I'm sorry. It's a murder of crows, isn't it? Steal their glasses. Because the I have show. seen that. I, mean, yes. I've seen, I have seen. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've seen. I saw the Science of Living things a few times. Yeah, and I've yeah. Liked, and I probably yeah, always. Actually, seen that, that did that did crop mm. up. Now you mentioned it, that did mm. seem to crop up quite a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but I love them dearly. I love them all so much. Um, they they are like my family. They were sort of the beginning of me being happy in London. I think. Hmm Um, because being an actor is a weird thing. It's such a transient job. You don't have a community of people that you see every day. You have a community of people that you work with for three months, think you're going to be best friends forever, and then you go to your respective cities. And, like, I mean, of course, I pick up friends on all the jobs that I do, but, you know, that intensity then peters out, and you go back to reality. Um, So as soon as I started improvising, I thought, ah, this is wonderful. I'm now part of a collective of other... Nerds, (laughs) Nerds, <laughs> other nerds but people who are they're just passionate I think improvisers are all passionate people yes. about whatever the, whatever their interest is it doesn't really matter if anything it's better that everybody has such disparate interests mm. but they're all nerds about something we're all mm. nerds about something and I find largely it's the most accepting welcoming thing
0: Yeah, I love it no I've definitely found that and uh, you know yeah, it's much better to be surrounded by people who are passionate about things than it is people who are just, you know, yeah. detached all the time.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a special thing. It's a special it's thing, a special isn't it? Thing. Yes, <laughs>
0: definitely. definitely. Uh, so you mentioned Chris Mead. Um, yes,
1: lovely Chris.
0: You created a theatre company yes. with him and Emily Murphy. Yes. Uh, it was called Sonder. It was
1: called Sonder, but then we realised that all the student theatre groups in the world had read the same BuzzFeed article
0: that we had. <laughs> About interesting words. Um,
1: (laughs) We had to to change our name.
0: So, Sonda was the uh, realization that. Uh, lots of other people have their own lives or something yeah, like that.
1: Yeah, it's essentially that, so you essentially
0: had, that. you had Sonder Sonder, where you realised lots of other groups Cor- have the same <laughs> name. <laughs> oh my
1: God, I haven't even thought about that, but that is completely what happened. That is completely it. Yeah, we got Sondered. Um, <laughs> Sondered <laughs> got Sondered. So we changed our name. I think it was Chris who came up with Unmade, which actually I think fits really well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a beautiful thing to work with people that you think are great. Um, And they are both A, delightful humans, but B, like supremely talented people and super smart and just fascinating beings. Um, So we came together with the view of making a a company that would make theatrical improv. Hmm. Um, And the shows that we've done so far... I think have have done that? <laughs> Question mark. I think I think they, they have. have. I can do it. They have. Yeah. They thank have. you. Thank you. Because <laughs> um, what we um, try to do is. Find the stuff that interests us as individuals, and like a lot of it is about as like banging on a card ball, and you just cut half of this into the same fucking thing over and <laughs> over again. Uh, about truthful, like the truth of the moments that you have on stage with people and emotional connection and stuff, and that is the thing that interests all of us. But then equally, we all have things that we are interested in as performers and practitioners that we then try and put into the show. So one thing that I'm dead interested in is. Um, Physi- well, I say physical theatre, but I'm, it, I mean, it is physical theatre, um, but I suppose it's about being experimental with our, <laughs> experimental with our bodies, that sounds really safe <laughs> <exciting>. um say. <laughs> um, it's not that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, how we can use our bodies in more creative mm. and interesting ways. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of started for me, because I did a play in Manchester, God, about three years ago, um, and it was a Simon Stevens play, but the movement director on that, a Woman Called Image and Night, who just blew my mind, and she's completely changed my practice as a performer, full stop, and, like, accessed something in me that I didn't know that I had, this kind of freedom in physicality and... So in the rehearsals, I w- all the rehearsals start with ten minutes of like freestyle dancing around the room. Which initially, I'm not gonna lie to you, everybody hates it to begin with. <laughs> to begin with, they hate it. But then, bit by like week by week, people really get into it. So I'll put like three different tracks on and just get people to dance around the room on wow. their own. Yeah,
0: yeah. And
1: it's not necessarily—it's not even really dancing. It's just moving. Yeah, yeah. However, your body responds to the- to that, and then we put that into the shows and.
0: Yeah. So everyone's moving at the same time, or you sit and watch one. No, oh moving. god, no, that would be awful. <laughs> Can you
1: imagine ten minutes on you now and then ten minutes on you? No, 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 no. I'm not that cruel. We all do it at the same time, right, and, yeah. and and largely you exist in your own space. Yeah. In the room, um, unless like Mom Johnson, who we put in our shows, uh, is a great performer and actor. He just gets all this sort of stuff. So quite often we'll like gravitate towards each other and bust out some really weird moves. Um, but largely it's it's just for
0: you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. to
1: know that we are sort of separately but collectively experiencing something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I think everyone should do that. I'm not saying everyone <laughs> should do that. It's very liberate, honestly. Yeah, it's really yeah, yeah, liberating. Yeah. The
1: way I put it to people is I want you to imagine yourself as a two-year-old at a disco.
0: Oh, right, yeah. Because
1: they kind of dance with Reckless Abandon, don't they? And they just look so happy that they're not really in time, they're not any actual dance moves, they're just moving and enjoying it.
0: Yeah. So
1: that's, yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, do you have any particular favourite tunes to uh, play? <laughs>
1: No, but I do try and do a real weird mix of stuff. Like, anybody who knows me well knows that I could not move on from the 1990s. So there's quite a lot of of kind of old school hits in there right, um, okay. but then I'll kind of chill, oh, actually pendulum was probably that as well but I'll put kind of quite some aggro dance music in and then we might have a piece of classical music so we'll do try and vary it <laughs> I just can't get over the 90s what a decade
0: well I mean, I very much enjoy the ability to inflict my taste in music on people, <laughs> either in a in a in a rehearsal or when I'm doing the tech for a show. Because yeah. it's like I'm essentially a failed DJ. Uh, but uh, you see, the thing is, if someone to dance when you're doing the uh, music at a uh, improv show, that's a bonus. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like being a real DJ where if no one dances, you fail. <laughs> no. If no one dances, it's fine. They weren't really there for the music anyway. That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, You're also involved in the committee. Yes. Tell me about the committee. So the committee um, is a whole different kettle of fish. Why (laughs) did I I say
1: it like that? That's so weird. Um, So the the committee, we came about... um, How long have we been together? Nearly two years, I think, now. Um, We came about sort of... Collective conversation, collective, I keep saying collective, Um, conversations uh, between Max Dickens and Kaylee Llewellyn, who, uh, actually I know Kaylee from drama school, and Max, I don't know how I know him, I think from workshops here actually, Um, and they had known each other because they'd done some training together and just got out really well, and they wanted to create a group together. Um, and then we were chatting and they said, did I want to be in it? And I was like, yes, that would be ace." Nice. So uh, then kind of bit by bit, we grew and became the team that we are now. And I love it. Like, they're just they're just brilliant improvisers. And like, largely, I think, they're, they're quite different improvisers than me. Right. Um, I know a lot of them have trained at the FAA. I mean, so have I, to be honest. Um, but they're kind of quite quick you know like people who've got super quick wit mm. and that's not to say that everybody else I'm talking about in this podcast doesn't have that by the way um but they're incredibly good at that yeah. like they're so so quick quick, yeah. quick 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 um and I don't think I'm very good at this, <laughs> to be honest I'm um, terrible at that <laughs> right
0: I'm absolutely terrible perhaps I should trade at the FA and they can show me how to do it but
1: well, yeah I, I mean I'm, they are really good at that um and yeah so the team is super super kind of quick um and I think that's what excites me about being with them because, because I, as I say, largely I think we, I'm quite a different performer. Maybe, um, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. But I not think I think I think we now feel in a really good place because we've done a lot of training. Mm. We, they're really good at um, Max Kelly. Really good at um, like wrangling people from the states to come and uh, work with us, which has been great.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: So we now I think have developed a style where we do all the quick wit stuff but with the heart with the relationships with the strong point of view Mm. so it feels like we're kind of getting to a sweet spot where actually both those two things work really nicely together Mm. um and yeah they're great to work with
0: so what sort of uh What's the format? Uh, I feel like that's all the only question I ask. What's the format? Tell me the format. <laughs> do you get a suggestion? That's all I say. Um,
1: yes, we do get a suggestion. Um, is it a one-word
0: suggestion? Yes. Oh, fair enough, let's move on then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it isn't a one-word suggestion, just tell me and then that'll be nice.
1: Well, what we get is, no, <laughs> yeah, we get a word. Um, but I mean, that, this is all subject to change, but at the moment we get a word. Um, and then we go sort of straight into it. And we tend to try... God, I don't want to say this because then you'll come and watch our next show and be like, they did not do that. <laughs> um, but we try, it and the first scene to be quite a grounded first yeah. scene. It's usually two-person scene, but like we're not super strict on that. Um, a nice kind of grounded, this is the world of the show sort of scene. And then there, it's it kind of montage, lots of different scenes inspired by the word. Or we try and do very creative edits. Um, a bit, I mean, a bit like the Science of Living Things used to do that. lot and we loved it and so did the committee um, and try and be really creative with the way we move from one scene to the next can you Um, give me
0: some examples of that sort of creative energy sure
1: well we love singing um (laughs) (laughs) well some of us love singing so we'll try and crowbar that in wherever we can or we'll kind of uh we might take an object out of a scene and repurpose it into something else. Oh,
0: I love that. Which is really fun to do. I don't see enough people doing that. I think more people should do
1: it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just getting into the habit of doing all this stuff, isn't it? Because we have like, when we do rehearsals, we have like a palette of loads of different edits that we do and then we come to the show and you kind of do fall back onto the ones that maybe uh, either come more easily to you um, or the ones that you think are the most fun. And then you sort of forget about the other ones and we'll go, oh shit, we've not done this for ages and it's mm. great. Yeah. Um, so we kind of do, might do a group swarm edit where somebody starts to do something physical and then we'll all join in and then that will grow into a new scene like mm. that.
0: Um, I'm less keen on that.
1: Are you? <laughs> you would not like doing a show with me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so uh, I'm less keen on that. Um, sometimes it feels like, oh, okay, just get, can we just get to the next scene? I'm I'm less interested in the transition. I'm like, mm. okay, you're all being trees and you're all making the noise of a cow. Well done.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. It doesn't well, I tell you what it doesn't, actually, to be fair, it doesn't ever become a scene within itself. Right, okay. It, it, it is to lead us into the okay. next thing. So I think you'd be all right. So. All right, that sounds okay. Uh, no. <laughs> if not, you have permission to boo if us. You, if you think the transition is too <laughs> I know, I Boom! Get up!
0: I mean, that's very nice, but I'm not, it's not really there. I'm not an arbiter of taste. I just, you know, have my own opinion. Uh, but the, when, when you take an object from uh, mm. the scene, I, I like that. There's something very magical about that. You know that kind of. Tra- I like that sort of transformation. I've seen some. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love doing that and and reimagining it as something else. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's really lovely. Do mm. more of that. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> I met I met all the listeners rather than you specifically. All right. I think <laughs> but but you, you as well. <laughs> you yeah, please do more of that thing please. that you already do. Uh, do more of that. That sounds good. Um, I've got very bossy this evening. I do I like apologize. It. I like it. Um, you're also involved in Criminal. Yes. Tell me about Criminal.
1: Uh, so, Criminal is super fun. Uh, Criminal was started um, by two guys, Ralph Jones and uh, Joel Gatehouse, who I think knew each other from Oxford. Um, the reason I got involved in that is because my boyfriend introduced me and was like, put her in the show
0: um, put her in the show and kind of quite
1: aggressively threatened them um, and then they did and then they asked me back and it's really really fun because mm. what happens is um, tell me the fallback <laughs> do you know what I'm going to tell you the fallback. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, what it is, it is, I, and I hate saying this because I don't think it does it justice. It's an improvised murder mystery. Now that to me, like, sounds like something you'd go onto with like a group of friends on a weekend in a strange house and have actors like drop mm. soup on you. It's not, it's not that <laughs> sort of vibe. Um, but, but technically, it is an improvised murder mystery, and there'll be four performers, one of whom plays the detective for the whole show. The rest of us play the remaining characters. Could be half many could be three of us could be twenty <laughs> however however much we want to challenge it twenty yeah no there's never been that many but you know we can play as many characters as we want um, and at the top of the show we get given a thing which will say which of us is the murderer the detective doesn't know
0: but you get given a thing
1: so, so by thing <laughs> yeah. I mean a piece of paper oh, right, um, yeah, right, right. so, so oh, if science, they have it on like... little cards oh, right, okay. um, and the three the three remaining cast will kind of look see who and we'll tell each other so we know
0: so the cast know. the
1: cast know the detective doesn't. doesn't know
0: okay
1: uh, nor does the audience and then we we do the show basically and the detective um, at the end has to make a stab at who they think uh, the murderer is sometimes they get it sometimes they don't um, the thing that I love about that show is again it's people that I don't often get to work with and um, sometimes it's people I've never worked with before may never work with again and um, in Edinburgh, I did a couple of shows. Um, actually, it was only booked to do one, um, but then I had to cover for Amy Cook Hodgson because she had a dicky tooth and had oh, to go no. to the. I keep saying emergency vet, Amy, I don't mean vet. <laughs> but every time I'm told this story, we always say vet. What do you call it? Dentist? Dentist, yeah. yes. <laughs> so she had to go to, to the, the dentist. Vet. So I cover for her. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: but those shows were just such. Fun because who, who was in them? So Deborah Francis-White, who I'd never met, and who's brilliant, she was the detective, and she was so good. Um, who else? Tom Tuck was in it. Um, there was a night that I did with Marcus Brigssock, who's just delightful. Um, and one of, the, one of those shows, me and Ruth Bratt played. We played Conjoined Twins from where? How were we from? Pennsylvania, but we had New York accents. And it was just... Ridiculous. I mean, you've obviously seen Ruth do shows. When Ruth is naughty, she's my favourite person to be on stage with. And we both went on and she had that look in her and I thought, all right, there's going to be this kind of a show. And it was, and it just like, oh, it was so good. It's just so playful and fun and naughty and brilliant. Yeah, So I I really love doing it. And I'm doing it on Saturday the 27th, This, this coming Saturday for the... Uh, Birmingham Impolar Festival. Ah, fantastic. I, I was
0: super up there last year. Uh, very much
1: yeah, it's a great festival because yeah, really we went yes. up with the committee last year and it was wonderful. The yeah. theatre is great, the yeah. uh, packed out audience, yeah,
0: people really agree. well
1: organised. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, terrific festival. Go to that would Go be my that. recommendation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so just interested in um, so the setting—it's not just kind of your traditional Agatha Christie's twenties, thirties setting. I mean, anytime oh, absolutely place. not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely
1: not. I mean, la- largely, I think it's people tend to do contemporary. Oh, right. um, I was a detective once, and did this kind of quite gruff, northern woman who was obsessed with cracker, which actually is true because I, I am obsessed with Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> so much so that I don't think we should. it's this post-war so I don't know we can talk about it I've all got a real thing Right. It's okay. my guilty pleasure Right, very right. anyway i no I'm, I'm getting way to it about <laughs> before but um, so no there's no particular um, time period that it's set. some of them are a bit more noir mm. than others it really Depends on the detective because they they come out and do this sort
0: of opening monologue. Ah, actually. right. So the detective comes on first and establishes yes. that there's been a murder.
1: Exactly. Right. And whatever tone they adopt tends to be ah. the show. The show. So um, I saw one that Joan Moore Pergo did, and that was super noir. I mean, it was it was incredibly funny. Yeah. But it like tonally was very noir. Right. and It was great. Um, but then others of them are a bit more playful. It it really. I mean, they're all playful. They're all yeah. mad. Yeah. In fact, in that show, I think Lauren Cheering's skin fell off or something bananas. So, like, they're all they're all crazy and wonderful shows. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose tonally, it depends on what the detective chooses to do at the top.
0: So the detective comes on, mm-hmm. and then do you flashback to see the crime committed? Or... No. So
1: what I, I mean again, there's there's not nothing more. The only structure is the detective will come out and do that, and then like five minutes before the end, there'll be a thunderclap so that we know that we've got five minutes uh. and we need to wrap it up and the detective needs to make decisions. Within that, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. Um, quite often, um, the detective, usually the detective will kind of say, oh, I, I, did, this, I did this crime. Christ, they won't say that because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, they say, oh, I had this, this, uh, uh, this crime that I investigated once and then it will be, everything else will be in the past tense. So we, it, like you say, flashback, um, to maybe the moment after the murder or he might he or she may immediately start questioning and say uh, um, I met some interesting characters. The first person I met was such a body call them out uh, um, right. But then equally um, they might just say that the location perhaps of, of the town um, where the murder happened and then we will come and populate the town and we'll discover who the characters are. Uh-huh, like right. that. Um, the hosts get suggestions as well. I forgot to say that. That is, <laughs> That's part of the structure. The hosts get suggestions of um, the murder weapon. What do they get? They get murder weapon, location, and something else. Oh, what, like what they were like as a person, I think. Ah, right. So we know a little bit more about the victim. Yes. But nothing more about the characters and the person what did it.
0: So presumably you... Are trying to establish motives for more than one character. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And like the the fun thing about that is you can lead people on a real merry old dance. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and it's really nice. And like particularly if you end up doing shows with people that you know, it, you can persecute them a little bit and try and <laughs> chuck them under the bus, which is always very fun. Um, yeah, but like you're kind of dropping breadcrumbs. Yeah, um, and then equally if you don't do that at the end you have to justify it anyway. So, yeah. like, you do have to think, why, why would I do this? <laughs> what would that mean? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just such fun. It's such fun. And they get such an incredible array of
0: performers.
1: Um, yeah, it's just delight.
0: Cool. And you, um, you mentioned it sort of there, but which do you prefer to do? Do you prefer to give people gifts or do you prefer to mess with them or is it all the same thing? <laughs>
1: Um, well I I mean I suppose in a way it is the same thing isn't it Um, I think I don't know I really enjoy both I love working with people that I never work with that's really exciting for me because I don't know what on earth they're gonna do Um, which is so thrilling I think to be on stage with people that you can't predict Um, so that's wonderful but then equally I love doing shows with people who you can really, really like mess about with, <laughs> um, or equally, it's that thing again of like, if you make a weird choice, you you know they've got your back. Yes. Because um, Phil Whelans with it, with was in one of them with me, um, and Phil and I like I've done GTI with him a few times, and I get on with him really well. And like there was some, we were real weirdos <laughs> in this show. Um, and it was, it was great. It was really nice because I know that whatever I say, Phil is going to help me figure that out or just go, yeah, this is fine. This is character so she is. Um, But yeah, I mean, it is interesting. You talk about giving gifts. I think that that is so important. And that's actually one thing I say to my students all the time when they start worrying about stuff. Just give your partner gifts. Because then you stop worrying about what yeah. you're supposed to be doing. I mean, really, basically, you just need to listen to each other. That, that is a key tenet, isn't it? Just listen to each other and it will all be all right. But, but there is something really delightful in giving gifts. And actually, there's nobody in the world who will be annoyed to hear information. Yeah. Because we're all scrabbling for information, aren't we? Like, you, you go out with nothing. You've no idea what's going to happen. So if somebody tells me I'm this kind of person or I have this attitude or I've got one, like, that's brilliant because you've told me something about myself. Cool. That gives me loads to play with. Yes. So yeah, never be afraid of giving gifts. Gifts are great.
0: And you can always interpret that in a way that you know you you want to. So yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. Um, and you have uh, recently started a two-prov with mm-hmm. your partner. Mm-hmm. Tell me about yeah.
1: that. Yeah, so uh, Sally and Fox. Um, we well we met doing improv actually. We met doing Bumper Blighter, um, and we just really like being on stage together. Um, <laughs> Off stage, no, nah, don't get on. Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, yeah, we just really enjoy working together. And and again, like, we come from very different schools, I suppose. Because um, he went through the Oxford Imps, who have, it like, a very intense and brilliant training, I think. Um, and what I love about the Imps is that they're, they're, like, friends for life. And it's, it's, like, they love it. And they have all these little reunions. And it's, it's, like, it's a proper community. It's really nice. But I think the training is great. Um, but it's very different than mine because obviously, like as I say, a, a kind of a, a theatre background, so it's different. Um, but I think that's what what excites us about working with the other, and I feel like I learn a lot from him, and mm. and maybe vice versa. <laughs> I don't right? know, vice versa. Um, but yeah, so we've we've started doing two prof together. It's really fun. I mean, it's interesting because we started. We obviously we did Bump play together, but then I started to coach him in uh, his show with it because he did another two part show. Uh, coach him, and that uh, was slightly weird. Might be a bit of an odd dynamic, but actually it works fine. And for the time being, he's interested in what I have to say. I mean, <laughs> that will wear off when he's had enough of me. I think, but for now he seems to think that I know what I'm talking about and I'm interesting. Um, so that was sort of how we started to work together in a smaller context, and then we were like, "Hey, why don't why don't we try doing T Prof? And yeah, it's really fun.
0: So what what's the format? <laughs> oh
1: my god, yeah. Um, the format is changing every okay. every time at the moment. The answer. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, we have tried a, a kind of a we're developing a road trip thing now, which is fun, and we've done that in the past couple of shows, and actually we sort of love it. So I think we're going to do that for a bit. Um but we're not beholden to anything and we want to keep experimenting. Like, the thing thing for me is I just want to continually keep learning. I want to keep getting better and better and and kind of trying stuff and failing and trying stuff and failing. Uh, And I think he's very much of the same mindset. So we will try loads of stuff, I think, and see what sticks.
0: Cool. So if... um if someone was to step on stage with you, mm-hmm. what could they do to delight you?
1: <laughs> Kiss me!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, genuinely, I do have a reputation. People who know me well, P.S. I'm not going to just <laughs> neck you if I don't know you. Um, yeah, I'm always up for a snog. Um, no, really, I think um, oh, look, look me in the eye and tell me something truthful. Yeah. That really. But then equally, I love it when people do completely crazy curveballs that come out of nowhere. I, I like being with people who don't improvise like me because I don't know ever what they're going to do. Yes. And I find that really thrilling. Yes. Um, but really, just let's connect with each other and we'll discover it together. I don't want to tell you where this scene is going and I don't want you to tell me. I want to do it together. Good.
0: Good. And, 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 and kissing may be the answer to this question Yeah. Um, but what's your signature move uh,
1: kissing what,
0: what brings down the house, what saves the day what does everyone go, classic hodge kiss
1: I mean truly it's probably snogging no yeah. I, don't, I don't know uh, oh that's a good question it might, it might be it might be snogging, I love it I do, but I, <laughs> I do love snogging but I, th- I do like physical intimacy on stage so mm. I will never shy away from that um, I mean, obviously I'm not going to creep on somebody on stage, but what I mean is like what, what you don't see very often in improv is just somebody like going and tucking your hair behind your ear, for mm. example, um, or kind of a little, just a pat on the, on the back, not like a well done work mate, but just kind of that gentle intimacy that you would have with somebody you know very well. So I like that's important to me. So I think they try and do that. That's a Hodgekiss thing. Touch you up. Um, kiss <laughs> you. Um, I don't know. I, I tend to go very northern on stage because I can't let go and won't let go of my delightful northern roots.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You'd have to ask somebody else what they would think a Hodgkiss move is.
0: Well, it's it's a bit of a trick question because well, partly it's the idea is that if we learn what other people's signature moves are, mm-hmm. then maybe that we can do that as well. So you know, um, uh, and also. It stops you from being a cliche. It yeah. makes you think about, yeah. oh, I do that all the time. Maybe I should rest it. And do yeah, something for
1: else. sure. Like I, I, do rest my snogging ways from time to time. <laughs> no, but you're right. Actually, that's really important to know what you get into habits of. So, like, there'll be periods where I play very similar characters, and I think, oh, hang on.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you're boring yourself now. Move away, because like you know, there's an infinite amount of characters that you can play. Um, but sometimes that, it comes from a sense of play. So it can, like, for me, it will either be, I'm feeling nervous, so I'll go back to something I know. Or I'm, I enjoy doing this, so I'll do it more. But then I really excite myself if I find something new. So you just have to remember to just keep pushing yourself and trying and being experimental, I suppose.
0: Cool. Thank you for being a guest on no, the Improvement Podcast. Thank you for
1: having me. I'm sure I made no sense. <laughs> no, it
0: was very good. It was very good. Thank uh, you for having me it's Thank great. you. Thank you. Bye. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> I made this. That's improv! <laughs> <laughs>